Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I am Josh. Uh, actually, it's uh, Tridox and I'm we, Jimmy. We are a Tridox today. We have today. three docs today. We are excited to have Dr. Jeff Huxford on the show. Jeff, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm excited yeah, to be Jeff. on here. He was a family medicine doctor in Northwest Indiana for 10 years before having to retire due to complications from a traumatic brain injury. He's since become a blogger, author, as well as speaker, and he's written his first book entitled Finding Normal that we're here to talk about today. And we're excited to have you on the show. Kind of give us a 10,000-foot view of, of Finding Normal. So Finding Normal is the book I wrote kind of telling my story about my the journey I've been on since I suffered my brain injury and uh, kind of the just the path I've had to walk. I knew I, I knew I needed to tell my when I couldn't practice medicine anymore. I knew I knew I needed to tell my story. I knew because God gave me this story and it wasn't just mm-hmm. to, just for me. I needed to tell it. And so uh, my first plan was just to tell people, you know, walk up to them or if they ask a question, I could tell them my story face to face. But because of my brain injury, I was having a hard time finding the words and it got really frustrating. So somebody suggested to me I should maybe do some journaling. Hmm. And uh, I'd never in my life did did journaling before. That seemed like silly to me, I guess. (laughs) But um, I decided to give it a try and it was really, really good for me. And the the journal ended up turning into a blog. And the uh, uh, soon after the blog got going, that's when I decided to write a book. So it was kind of a a process there from uh, journal to blog to book. And tell us, I guess, kind of what the book is about, and we know it's about an accident, but and so kind of t- dovetail that into just the day of the accident and kind of what went on. Yeah, so um, uh, in May of 2012, at the time, I'd been uh, practicing medicine for uh, family medicine for six years in Northwest Indiana. I was married at two kids. It was kind of, it's kind of living the American dream, and um I'd, I'd driven into town to pick up a few items at the hardware store. And on my way, on my way home, I was uh, going through a uh, four-way stop, and another truck failed to stop and hit my passenger side. It ran me into a concrete pole, and uh, that's how I how I suffered my brain injury. And um, uh, they had to cut me out of my truck. My truck was wrapped around the pole. They had to cut me out, flew me to Chicago. I was in the hospital for a couple of different hospitals for a month, which was much shorter than what they thought. They thought it was, they thought it'd take a lot longer for me for me to recover. Um, so uh, after a month, I got to come home, and um, they really didn't think I would ever return to practicing medicine based on my the severity of my brain injury. But within five months, I was back to working in my office. Uh, wow! Never at the never at the same level I was bef- I had before. 
I wasn't seeing as many patients and working quite as many hours, but I was working and I was able to do my job. So um, that kind of shocked everybody and surprised everybody. If you were if you were able to kind of continue with and medicine is one of those things, you know, it's it's not exactly putting on sprockets. It's it's a little more than a job. It's it's really a calling for a lot of people. What was it, you know, if you were able to to do the work, what was it that finally led you to retire from medicine? It was a multiple factors, I guess. Um, at the time, uh, and I still do, I was my I was starting to get really bad headaches, migraine headaches, and those were um, affecting my ability to work. Um, I'd always had a hard time with like multitasking, but I'd figured out different uh, things I could do to overcome those. I um, my memory was never as good as it was before. You know, I relied on my memory to do a lot of things as a doctor, but when my memory was um, uh, affected, I had to start writing things down a lot more. And um, if, if a patient was telling me their, telling me their symptoms, I'd repeat them and make sure I heard things correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the combination of all those things um, uh, was getting very tough. And I was, uh, I don't, I wasn't making medical mistakes yet. Um, I was still practicing pretty, uh, still practicing good medicine and, and taking care of my patients. But um my neurologist based on what he was seeing and uh, based on what he'd seen with other patients that had other people that had similar injuries. He was that it wouldn't be long before I'd be making mistakes and he didn't want me to, um, he, he didn't want that to uh, start happening. So he wanted me to stop. The other thing too, is that um, uh, probably ties into this a few days before I was told I couldn't practice medicine. Um, I had an MRI done, I had to go to the ER for a headache had an MRI done and um, uh, because from the accident, um, from all the scar tissue, from, from the, uh, from all the injuries, it was actually causing my brain, my brain was actually shrinking. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think that kind of uh, alerted them that something was going on and maybe it was time for me to stop. So here, here you are, you're rocking and rolling uh, family medicine, family uh, of your own, um, you know, living a life that that a lot of people would just dream about, and then bam, I mean, everything changes. Uh, what describe that experience? I mean, initially, if you, if you go back to when the accident happened in the the first the several months following, and even the first couple of years, my goal all along is to get back to how, to how I was before, and uh, like I said before, I was. I had uh, went to school all those years and went to training all those years to become a doctor, and it was it was the American dream. And uh, so my plan all along was to just to get back to that. And eventually, I realized that this wasn't going to happen. And yeah, it was hard. It was hard to hard for me to accept. And uh, I had to decide like what I, what I was going to do now when all that when all that was gone. Right. I think a lot of um, a lot of families face you know, maybe not something as, as dramatic and drastic as what you experienced, but they will experience, uh, a, an abrupt life change of course. You know, this is, you know, you always say you want to make God laugh. We'll just tell him your plans. How were you able to, I mean, and again, yours is such an extreme case because physicians go to school for so long and you pay so much money to go to school for so long, but it's going to pay off in the long run. And now you did all that work and, and, and the blood and the sweat and the tears and the cost. And now that is removed from you as a possibility. 
how do you recover as a husband, as a dad, as a father, and take life in a new direction? Um, that's a good question. I think that um, a lot of it's, I have to, I have to uh, realign my perspective nearly every day because um, when I start, when I start thinking about all the things that I've, all the things I've lost, you know, my medical profession or, you know, other things that I was able to do before quite easily that I just can't do anymore. When I start thinking about all the things that I've lost, um, it can get pretty, be pretty depressing. Mm -hmm. But uh, if I can uh, change my focus on the things that I've gained, um, that, can, that can change everything for me. Um, and even things you still have, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe think, yeah, exactly. So yeah. focus on the things that I still have, my life, my life, my wife, my kids, my ability to function. I mean, I know that uh, there's people that have had brain injuries that have not been nearly as severe as mine that are in much worse shape than me. So in that way, um, I'm fortunate. Um, uh, so if I can, if I can remember those things, it really changes a lot. Uh, that being said, I can't, I don't always keep that perspective. I, I tend to, sometimes I tend to focus on what I've lost, but, um, it's, uh, when I get like that, it's obvious and how I'm in my mood and how my demeanor, how I'm acting. It's, it's obvious when I'm, when I'm heading that way. So, uh, it's and important to have, it's, it's, it's important to be, have people in your life that can call you out on that and mm -hmm. that can, yeah. you know, say to, say to you like, Hey, I've noticed some things about you and what's going on. And then once you start, once I start saying these things out loud, I'm like, you know what, you're right. Why am I, you know, I know these things, but, uh, and the scripture talks time and time again about renewing your mind and focusing on things that are good and right and true and how that's a battle for all of us. And I don't, you know, care if you're a starving kid in Africa or have stage four terminal cancer or a TBI, or you stubbed your toe, like we can make a stubbing of our toe completely ruin the course of a day, you know, or, and I know that's an exaggeration, but or a week or a month or we can just take whatever circumstance. And if we don't mull it over correctly and have the right perspective, it can just destroy us. What do you want people to, uh, you know, when they when they read your book, again, it's entitled Finding Normal. What is it that you want the, uh, the reader to take away from the experience of reading your book? Yes. Um, when I was writing this book all along, I wanted to make, I wanted to write it in a way, like I know that people that have been I'm hoping at least that people that have been through a brain injury will, will be able to relate to a lot that's in it. And so I understand that, but I really wanted, I know that not everybody will have went through something like that. So, but like you said earlier, I, everybody goes through change and mm -hmm. sometimes dramatic, sometimes not so dramatic, but everybody goes through change. And uh, a lot of um, how it's really, it's not really the change, it's how to respond to it. So I wanted to, I wanted people to read my book and see like, this is how Jeff responded to his change, how, kind of how he overcame some things. And uh, I want people to uh, read it and see hope, find or know there's hope, at, you know, no matter what they're going through. And that sometimes um, uh, you feel like you're asking God questions like, why in the, why in the world is this happening to me? Like, you know, how, how in the world is, is this happening right now that uh, God is there and he's, he's writing your story and he's in there and he's going to, he can take beauty from ashes and he can uh turn your uh turn your mess into something beautiful so you you titled the book finding normal where did you come up with that title and what's its purpose yeah um that's a good question so very i don't remember very much 
about the early, I don't remember too much early on in my recovery, but I can remember my doctors talking to me and my wife about uh, the concept of after a brain injury, people have to find what, what he called what they called a new normal, meaning that what was normal before you, what was normal before for you is no longer there. Like uh, you're going to be a different person. You may have different, different interests that um, the, uh, yeah, the, you, have to, you have to accept and, try to figure out what your new normal is. And early on, um, I would hear those things and, um, I didn't want to believe it. So I, like I said, my goal all along was to get back to, to my old normal, to get back to my old self. So when I started out, I was trying to find my old normal, but I think somewhere along the line, I figured out, I think they're right. Like I am a different person and I got to figure out who this new person is. So and then when I when I think when I finally accepted that, I realized maybe the normal I was after, the normal, my old normal was not really the the uh, most ideal uh, thing I should have been seeking after all. And that I was willing to accept like, OK, I got to I got to figure out what this new normal is and embrace it and do the best with what I have. You know, it's interesting in our world, we call it homeostasis. You know, scripture says as a dog returns to its vomit, right? Like, why would he do that? Well, the vomit's what's normal, right? Like, we, we just go back to our old comfortable patterns. Did, Talk- when, just, what, did you just call his life as a physician vomit? Is that what you just did? <laughs> I get it. I get it. Because that was yeah, very insensitive. So, <laughs> why do you think there's this humanity's, you know, tendency is to try to find the old normal? Um, you said, I think you said the big word there, comfort. I mean, uh, I think, uh, as people, we, um, from an early, maybe not so much an early age, but at some point it becomes like a goal for us. We want to stay as, I know for me it happened. Like that was, um, growing up, uh, somehow somewhere along the way, I, I thought like comfort was the main, something that where I was getting a little, unco- where I was doing something that caused a little discomfort that I needed to reevaluate and like, okay, I, I can't do this anymore. I got to figure out another way to do this because I'm not supposed to be uncomfortable. Like I'm supposed to be comfortable here. I think uh, when I went through this, uh, through this whole ordeal with my brain injury, I realized like somewhere along the line, I realized like this is, I was wrong. Like, I think that we're supposed to not supposed to seek it, but if we're putting in an uncomfortable situation or I don't think we're supposed to run for that. We were supposed to, at some, at, you know, sometimes we're going to embrace those and see like, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? How can I grow from this, mm. from this situation? Becoming comfortable with uncomfortable. Exactly. Like yeah. yeah. I like that's, what you did there. I, I, I think I wrote a, yeah, I think I wrote a blog post called that. It was, <laughs> it was, it was called, a long time ago. It was called like um, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. Maybe it was yeah. like that. And it was and all I, about, it was, it was all like, it was, it was all about what I just talked about, how it's all about kind of what I just, what, what I was just explaining to you. Not that physicians have God complexes or anything, but physicians have God complexes <laughs> a lot of times, and all guys are the all guys are this way. You know, is the first thing you say is, "Hey, how you doing? What do you do?" Our job is part and parcel with who we are. When you go for and I mean, and it doesn't get a lot better than I'm a physician. So how did you, how were you able to, to sort of roll with that? A lot of people would say, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm virtually diminished as a person. And not only you, but, uh, but maybe how your kids or your family related to you. Yeah. I mean, it, it's something I can't say that I've totally got past that. Um, when you're practicing medicine as a family doctor, you know, you think about a family doctor in a small town in Indiana, like, um, 
you're pretty well respected and you're well known, but you're known as being the, one of the doctors. Mm -hmm. um, that wasn't the sole reason we moved from from our, our the town we lived in, but that was definitely a factor because uh, like my wife and I both realized that it was going to be very hard for me to go on living there. I mean, it's imagine like you go up to and the, the brain injury too. It's hard too because um, uh, for the most part, I don't look any different than I did before. So you really can't see the fact right. that I've had an injury unless right. you. I mean, you can't see my MRI or see my brain and know what kind of injuries I got. So um, if I'm out and about and uh, I see an old patient and they say, you know, how you doing? Dr. Huxford, you know, what are you doing now? And at first I was like, well, I'm doing a blog. And they're like, what are like, what? what? You're doing a blog. What, what, what? So that was just kind of a, that was a yeah. hard, um, hard, hard thing to go through. So I think that I've gotten a little bit more comfortable with, with that. Um, I think part of that's because uh, I think living down in Franklin around Nashville where I am now, there's more people that do stuff kind of like what I'm doing now. So it's not so out of the ordinary, whereas... A blogger? What are you, 20 and living with your parents? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bet you have a full beard and a fedora. <laughs> oh, I, I, have, I, I have a beard. I would never, I wouldn't call it full. <laughs> it's my attempt at beard. Um, yeah. I do not have a fedora, though. But that's a good idea. I mentioned that to my <laughs> wife, and she's kind of laughed. It's funny because sometimes I'll... I have like this... I kind of wear the same thing every day. I wear like a, something like a black shirt, black jacket. Cat, whatever khakis and i decided i was going to change things up there today and so i ordered a uh, denim jacket off of target and um my family ripped into me so <laughs> so i, I took yeah. the, the denim the denim, it got taken back so yeah that's great so hold on i was fact checking you when you said that i pulled up i had your website open and literally yes khakis a black shirt and a black jacket on your webpage too that's awesome <laughs> yes yeah I, I, I mix it up once in a while with a gray <laughs> All right, because you you're just like that. We have a couple more minutes, and I know you weren't finished answering the previous question, but I do want to get to this. You mentioned previously that it's not about the actual change that transpired, but it's how you respond to it. I'm curious how you and your wife responded maritally to such a change, and maybe even more importantly, how did y'all remain on the same page? My wife Jackie has been incredible throughout this whole thing. I mean, the I tell people all the time if the if the if it would have been her that was going through the accident, and I don't think I would have handled it nearly as well as she did. But uh, she's had to take on a lot of roles that she didn't have to in the past that I would, that I, the things that I did. But um, she is, I think she's, yeah, she's been incredible. This understanding that uh, I think she knows that um, she knew me before and she knew that um, I was committed to this marriage and she's been committed to this marriage. And uh, but I tell people all the time that, you know, she wrote a, she actually wrote a chapter in the book. Um, and people told me all the time, like I read your book and your wife's chapter is my, your wife's chapter is my favorite one, which is hmm. awesome. But I, <laughs> after you hear that so many times, like how about the other chapters that I wrote? Yeah, yeah. Well, come on. But, <laughs> but I feel like she, I feel like she has such a story to tell herself because, mm -hmm. um, she married me and then we were married for close to 10 years and I went through this accident and, uh, she's now she's married to a, the same person, but, um, also a very different person than what she married. So, yeah. um, just trying to figure out, I think she's the same thing. She's trying to figure out, I think, she, I think she recognizes things in me that I don't recognize myself. Mm -hmm. people, people ask me questions all the time about, you know, when I tell me I've changed so much, I, I can recognize some of the things, but I think if you asked her like how, I think she could probably tell you more things about how I've changed than I have because mm -hmm. I think because she lives with me and she sees me every day and, 
Um, and the same thing with my kids. My kids were young when the accident happened, but they, but they knew me. And I think they, I think they recognize that there's things about me that are different than before. Um, but, uh, I think they're, they know that the accident could have very well taken my life. And so they're very, they were all thankful that I'm still Absolutely. here and we're still, we're still as a family and I'm try, all trying to figure this out together. I think we could do a whole nother episode on just when you wake up one day, yours happened to be a, you know, a, a, a car wreck, but you know, you wake up one day and you're not married to the person that you thought you were married to, right? And how the grace that has to be there and the forgiveness and understanding and willingness to admit fault and uh, how how do you survive that? I mean, I, I think that's a, an incredible piece, I'm sure, that's within the book. So if you want more information about Jeff, it's jeffhuxford.com. The book is Finding Normal, and you absolutely need to, to pick it up. Jeff, thank you so much for being appreciate on. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. His experience was so dramatic and so drastic and startling in in its contrast. And yet, most, I would say most families experience something similar. Very few people now go to work for the factory at age 20 and they have their kids and at 65 get the gold watch. Yep. And it just doesn't happen. Yep. You know, most people where they think their life is heading, very few people is that where it actually goes. And for them to, and we have no clue about the health of their marriage, but how we got the show was my mother-in-law, Kathleen, lives close to them, and she works out with his wife. So we at least didn't know they're on good enough terms for the wife to go, hey, I got a show for you. You need mm-hmm. to do it, right? So to have a relatively healthy marriage and the radical transformation, wait a second, I I know she probably married him for more than this, but I married a doctor. Mm-hmm. Like We were supposed to have... Yeah, absolutely. And now you're author, blogger, speaker guy, and it's a powerful, not only just this internal transformation that had to uh, ensue. He talks about, I had to really just change my perspective, but externally as well, that this family has survived that. Uh, but you have to do, to you God's really do grace. have to do a sort of a, a relational gut check because you, you don't marry uh, a lifestyle, an occupation. You don't marry necessarily a future. You marry a human being, yep. you marry a person. And when you marry a person, that comes with change. It comes with flux. It, it is, it, we've got to be prepared. It's almost like, you know, the, the only thing that you can expect out of life is the unexpected, that you have to plan for the things that are unplanned. Otherwise, you're going to be caught flat-footed. And you know, when you have these family traumas like this, you know, as many couples as these events pull them closer together, these events pull them apart. And uh, it's pretty cool to see what Jeff and his wife were able to do with this. Yeah, and it's not, a, to use Jeff's words, it's not about the change, it's how we respond to it. Mm-hmm. And picking up Finding Normal to be able to learn how to respond to the change appropriately is a, is a great thing to do. If you want more information about this episode, you can go to paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find all of our previous shows there as well, as, and you can also find us on our social media channels. How did I do there? Very good. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. Hope you have a good rest of your day. Peace out, G. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Mm-hmm.